for two. Kickers are extra, I give them the boot. Ooh, going for two. Sit back, relax while I grab me a brew. Ooh, now I'm reclining while putting my time and I'm ready to go. My spine is aligning and much my lineups, my bank account grows. I am so rich, but knowledge is all that I'm leaving here with. Ooh, listen to this. Multiple options, how far can I get? Ooh, DFS Dynasty Redraft, and I am not finishing last. I'm finishing past any and all I am looking to last. What else? This spot is popping and I am so locked in and only opening the door when it is opportunity knocking and all of these spots keep on talking and talking. So what are we talking? What kind of alignment and running it deep? Even players forgotten or came from the bottom or hitting that topping and this spot is popping. Yeah, this spot is popping and woo! This is the arm chat. Yeah. Put up your arms. Yeah. Sound the alarm. Yeah. What's going on, guys, and welcome to episode 344 of the Armchair Fantasy Show. I'm your host, of course, Jeff Lambert. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffLambert77. Of course, we are live here every Wednesday night on the Going For Two Live podcast network. Uh, we are on Facebook Live. We are on Twitter. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitch, and we're on Kick.com as well. Uh, of course, we're also syndicated on all major podcast networks. If you are on YouTube, please hit that like and subscribe comment uh, on the on the show as well as we go through here. Uh, as you can tell, I am not here with Ryan tonight. Uh, Ryan had some uh, prior arrangements, so instead of Ryan, we have two great guests coming on tonight. Uh, first up, we have content creator Mr. Steve Lawson. You can find him on Twitter at Steve underscore Lawson 93. What's up, Steve? Not much, man. How you doing? Good, man. Good. Glad to have you on. Uh, also joining us, uh, a guy who's been on the show quite often, uh, Derek. He is one third of the Good Old Boys Fancy Podcast hosts. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Good Old Boys FF. What's up, Derek? Oh, you know, I am uh, very excited to be back. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I just can't wait to uh, to get going. It looks like we've got a great show ahead of us, and I'm very excited for it. Good stuff. So, real quick, Steve, got, kind of give my listeners a real quick rundown of, of what it is you like to do in the fancy space mm-hmm. and, and just kind of in general, what kind of how you got into this. So, uh, yeah, so I got into fantasy football, uh, kind of, um, I started in fantasy baseball, and then in college, I kind of started getting into fantasy football when uh, my friends like introduced me to it. Um, and I became obsessed with it. Uh, I am like one of those like avid traders in leagues. I made 30 trades um, two years ago in one of my redraft leagues. Uh, so I just fell in love with fantasy football. So I started bouncing around. I kind of worked for a couple different sites. I wrote for um, Fansided. I wrote for um, like Club Fantasy. I wrote for a couple different places. And it was really, really cool uh, doing that. And um, then I just kind of broke off and... Uh, really um just kind of did my own thing uh and focused my twitter a bit more on uh kind of being more all around uh, about things i care about but fantasy football will always be uh at the forefront of something that i love so good stuff good stuff love to hear it derek my, my listeners already know who you are but uh, go ahead and quickly for the ones that don't know who you are give us a rundown of what you do in the fancy space absolutely part of the uh you know, one of the co-founders of the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. We've been doing this thing now for about four years. Expert consensus ranker over on Fantasy Pros. You know, doing that thing. Have uh, you know, contributed to a couple of articles over there this this season as well. Um, and then we just do our show and and do our thing. And you really kind of what we uh, what we do is really you know one of the big things that that we uh, are known for is helping folks get uh, ready for the draft. Uh, go through and and release. I think this last season was 230 individual player profile videos out there. 
on the YouTube. We give all that stuff away for free on the YouTube channel. So that is uh, one of the best places to find us. And our content is over on YouTube.com slash at good old boys. Yeah, y'all, y'all grind those videos out because I'm subscribed to your channel. So I get the alert whenever y'all go live, you know, put one of those out. It's like three or four. It seems like all the time that little blinker is going off. You're putting another one yeah. out. So that's definitely awesome. Yeah, uh, starting in uh, it was starting in August this year. Like it was nine, ten a day uh, for all the way through August into September. Like it was, it was we, we were just booking them out. So yeah, good stuff. Well, Roger, I see your uh, your your question in the chat there, and we will get to your chat. We got a segment at the end of the show for for listener questions, so we'll make sure to add that to the uh, listener questions. So uh, hang tight, and we'll get to those. Uh, but first up, guys, I want to mention today's show is brought to you by uh, Underdog Fantasy. Check out their best ball leagues with huge tournaments, private leagues. They also do pickums for all major sports. Use our promo code GF2, and for a limited time, when I say limited, I mean October fourth is the last date where you can get a deposit match up to $500. That is five times more than normal. It's usually 100 bucks, but right now for a limited time, they're doing $500. Again, promo code is GF2. Uh, sign up, draft some best ball teams, do some pick-ems, uh, you know, all kinds of great stuff. But that, that deal is too awesome to pass up. So if you've been on the fence, now's the time to sign up. Again, promo code GF2. Uh, we got a great show today, guys. We're going to do a couple segments that we hadn't done in a while. Uh, we're going to do Devil's Advocate. Uh, we're going to do a Bleep You Wednesday. We used to do Bleep You Wednesday every Wednesday last year. We kind of gotten rid of it, but I'm going to bring it back for tonight. Uh, we'll do listener questions, of course. Uh, and then, as always, kick it off with the nonsense draft. Attention, everyone. Let's mock draft. All right. So tonight we are drafting sitcom characters we'd want as teammates in a four-on-four tag team style wrestling match. Uh, it's a lot of things to to, to, to digest there, but uh, I'll kick it off here first. Steve, you got the uh, you got the one on one here. Where are you going? I got the one on one, and like, I, so I loved this question. It was just so much fun to like, kind of like sit there, and then it started to like, I started to take it too seriously, where I was like, <laughs> oh, I need to pick like really strategic people. But uh, at the one on one, I would go with Ron Swanson uh, from Parks and Rec. Nice. Uh, I just feel like he is the perfect choice as my first tag team partner i love it yeah he's definitely on my list that was one of the first ones i put down on my list and I, i'm not a huge sitcom person but i had to go through a little rabbit hole to try to you know i've watched sitcom but just I'm, i don't i don't watch a ton of them so i had to really kind of do some research here to get my guys but he was on my list for sure derek you got the 102 the 102 and I, i've got some sneaky ones here so we'll uh we'll see if i need to you know Pull the rabbit out of the hat here if it needs to be to, to try and bulk up the team here. But I'm going to start off with uh, Lieutenant Terry Jeffers, uh, who's played by Terry Crews over on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, right? Like, get yes. the office linebacker. Um, so we'll, we'll, rock, we'll rock the old Terry Jeffers. Yes. His, of course, his famous thing is being able to make his chest bump. <laughs> you know, exactly. Little, that's great. Great pick. Awesome pick. Uh, all right, I'm up here at the 103, and I, I'm going to kick it off with one of those underrated ones. This one, I, I kind of did some research online, and I was searching for, like, you know, best sitcoms. And this particular sitcom was not on any of those best of lists. I, I just happened to remember it, you know, when I was, like, probably high school age when this was when this was out. Uh, but I'm going with Earl Sinclair from the sitcom Dinosaurs. I mean, because he's a freaking dinosaur. I don't know if you've ever seen it before, Steve. I saw you. You're kind of like, what is that? But it was literally like uh, Jim Henson, I think, may have even been the animator of that. Uh, and, you know, if, if you get a dinosaur on your team, uh, I think I'm taking that one. So dinosaur Mr. Earl Sinclair, the dad of that show, will be my uh, my first pick here. OK, back to you, Steve, at the 104. 
Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I knew of dinosaurs. Like I had to think about it for a second. Uh, that show ended the like the year I was born. So uh, <laughs> you just aged aged the hell out of me. I said I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> so I was. So my next pick. Listen, uh, you went dinosaur, which opened up like the floodgates for me. So I'm really excited that I get to pick this next guy. Uh, I'm gonna go with Nandor the Relentless from uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Nice. Uh, he's a vampire, superhuman strength, immortal, and he's a warrior. So yeah. I have to pick uh, from uh, like one of my favorite sitcoms. I'm a sitcom guy. I love TV. I love movies. Nice. So I'm all about it. So that one kept popping up. And I honestly say I've never actually watched it. I did research on that one because it kept popping up in best sitcoms. And I've never seen that one. It is the funniest show, dude. Like, it is so funny and so clever. It's so well done. It's like the... it. It's better than the, I don't want to say it's like The Office with vampires, but it's kind of that mockumentary style. Gotcha. It's so funny. May have to check that so, out. Good call. There's a plug Good for call. Uh, that. Maybe they'll sponsor the show. <laughs> All right, Derek, you got the 105 here. That's hard to follow. That, that is hard to follow. Um, man, that, uh, you, you're putting me on the spot there. I got to pivot now. <laughs> I, I feel like after those last two picks here, uh, you know, the tilt is real um, here. But uh, you know what? Let's, uh, let's go with uh, Peter Griffin. Right? Oh my like, god, he was on my list. Yeah, yeah I get. Yeah, he's a, he's a big dude, right? He's cartoon character, so he, he can't really get hurt. And uh, let, you know, let's just go that route. Nice, I like That's it. So funny, he was on my list. That's, <laughs> That's a great one. All right, uh, I'm up at the 106 here, and I've I've run out of sort of the creative ones, so I'm just going to go with some of the traditional ones. And I was just thinking, guys, that are just just big guys in general, just, you know, stature and everything else. And uh, I came up with Cameron Tucker from Modern Family. I mean, he played high school football. He's a football coach on the show. He's got to be at least six foot three, six foot four, 300 pounds easy. So uh, an imposing character, I think uh, I'll take Cameron Tucker here as, as my 106 pick. All right, we are back to you, Steve, with the, your last pick here at the 107. So with my last pick, um, again, I wanted someone who's going to give me a strong advantage. Um, and so I went with uh, Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty, uh, smartest man in the universe. I just feel like he'll give me that competitive edge. And I think between him, Nandor, and Ron Swanson, I have, um, we're taking home some sort of gold. Yeah. I, I really you, do. I don't feel like anyone's beating my team. I think, we'll portal around you. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're your first time on the podcast, and I think you may have won the, the nonsense draft tonight for sure. <laughs> All right, uh, Derek, what's your last picker at the 108? Man, y'all are y'all are bringing the heat on this one, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with a uh, a one appearance uh, guy here on the uh, the show Psych. Um, he played the car- character Mario. I, I know where you think you're. I, I think you know where I'm going, but I'm gonna pivot off of that one. Even um, I'm gonna go with a guy that played Mario off of a uh, you know the dating show uh, cameo appearance. That's the Miz. Love it. Nice. Oh my God. That's like my favorite show, dude. Like I am such a psych fan. Sean Spencer was on my list. So I'm right yep. there with you. Well, I almost, because the big show was also in that, uh, in yeah, that yeah, too, yeah. So I almost, almost went that route, but, uh, we'll go with the Miz. Yeah. We saw him do the dancing with the stars thing. He's got some moves. Nice. I love it. Definitely has moves. All right. So y'all definitely crushed me in all these. Cause, uh, I, my, all my picks are sort of, uh, very traditional other than the dinosaur. I thought I'd get y'all with that one. And y'all kind of crushed me with some of your more creative ones. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to end it up with um, with somebody that's uh, from the same show, I think, that you, you drafted from. I believe it was you, Derek. Uh, but it's a female, and she is just... Everyone in the office, or in this, in the office is kind of scared of her, and that's Rosa from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, she's kind of a badass. No one wants to mess with her. 
Uh, I think she would give me a little bit of an advantage too, because no one wants to hit a girl. So <laughs> maybe maybe we can get that advantage in there as well. So that'll be my my final pick here. All right, fellas, that wraps it up. Let's get to the news and notes. News and notes from around the league. All right, so we got a couple things to talk about, uh, and we'll kick it off with some of the some, the major injury. We'll start off here with Mr. Mike Williams going out for the season. Uh, obviously, unfortunate news. He was having a monster start to the season. Uh, he was having a huge game, too, in, in, in that game as well. Torres ACL. So my, my question to you, Derek, first is, what are you doing if you were a Mike Williams owner? Is it Josh Palmer? Is it Quentin Johnson? Is it somebody else you may have had on your bench? What are your thoughts on the situation here? I mean, there's there's lots of ways that you can pivot on that. If you're looking to stay within the Chargers there, um, you, Joshua Palmer is probably the most immediate guy that if I have to fill a, a hole this weekend, Joshua Palmer are available in most of the leagues out there. So, you know, he, a, a very strong waiver wire candidate there. And you'll probably see him pop maybe this game, maybe next game. He always has that one or two game appearance that he just has a monster blow up game for fantasy. So very well could be that. And Justin Herbert's on a tear here. But what we've seen with the Chargers here is very similar to when we saw Austin Eckler go down. This isn't one of those that they stay kind of the, the same formula and it's next man up and they go. They, they kind of reinvent that offense a little bit on the fly, it seems. And you know, that's why we haven't seen Joshua Kelly be a thing the last couple of weeks here. So this is one of those that it, it's not going to surprise me that if we see a Joshua Palmer sighting week or two, but long term off of that, if I can't get the Keenan Allen, which, you know, if you're the Keenan Allen manager, there's very little chance you're going to move off of that. Uh, I think Quinston Johnston is a better bet there. And if not, you know, again, look into the waiver wire, looking for guys that are available. Uh, Tank Dell is another guy that I'd be looking to pivot to. And uh, I think could do some very big things there. He's seen a couple of really good games. CJ Stroud's on a two game tear where he's 20 plus fantasy points and things seem to be kind of clicking in Houston and the chemistry seems to be real between Tank Dell and CJ Stroud. Yeah, I like that call. And in your point to the offense changing too, you're right. We all expected Josh Kelly just to come in and play the Austin Eckler role, but there was no Austin Eckler role. He wasn't getting the same usage as Austin Eckler was. He looked good in week one. We just assumed, oh, they'll just plug him in and use him that way. And they weren't. They were actually, they opened the offense up a lot more, went to the passing game a lot more. So that's a good call. Steve, yeah, what did the amount of the, the the amount of uh, you know slack we got? Because one of our videos we put out before the season was Joshua Kelly. Boston Eckler goes down. Don't, don't go out and get Joshua Kelly. And after the week one performance, we got a ton of uh, heat on all of our socials there. <laughs> yeah. And it's been kind of crickets weeks uh, two, weeks three here. Yep, so uh, very interesting to see. And stuff. Steve, what are your thoughts here on this offense? Palmer, Quentin Johnson, or somebody else? Yeah, I think honestly the answer to this is going to be Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen. And I don't think we're going to see, like, I listen, you know what? Here's the thing with the Chargers is they have two stars and they will ride those two stars heavy. And if someone goes down, they're not going to look to some other like schlub. Uh, and not to like knock anybody, but like I've been down the Joshua Palmer path before. I fell down the stupid Josh Kelly like trap like it just doesn't happen like they don't want to feature mediocre players like those guys are really there to fill out the roster and make sure there's 11 guys on the offense like they only run those some of these guys out on the field because they have to not because they want to if they could run out nine offensive linemen and Keenan Allen and Austin (laughs) Eckler they would like and that's just the reality of the Chargers because those guys aren't good they're not good players like they are slow and bad yeah um but they're cheap so you know employ them run them out there and 
hope that they don't get in Keenan Allen or Austin Eckler's way. Yeah, I think the only one that – so I know that Josh Palmer is probably the short-term answer if you needed an immediate replacement. He's just a guy. He's a jag. We saw it even you know even years past when – even when Mike Williams and Keenan Allen were both out and he had all the opportunity, he was just average. Um, however, Quentin Johnson, they drafted you know with a really high draft pick. The upside is there. Now, do I think he's going to turn out to be Mike Williams? Uh, no, but I think he'll be given the opportunity at least at some point this season. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to knock QJ just yet. I don't want to call him a bust or anything because I still like the talent. I like Quentin Johnson coming out. Um, maybe he could be White Mike Williams. It's not hard to be Mike Williams, honestly. If you're tall, like you're basically Mike Williams. Yeah, um, and like that's that's like kind of fine. Uh, Mike Williams came out as someone who I thought was going to be a beast, and he's. I don't even think has he ever crossed a thousand yards like ever. Uh, he's injury again, prone. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of a jag too. Like he, if he wasn't six. Or he wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. Good call. All right, let's talk about a couple of running backs here uh, that are expected to play this weekend, um, both for different reasons. They were out. Um, Cam Akers, of course, was traded, uh, and he did not play last week. Traded to the Minnesota Vikings after the Rams kind of gave up on him. Uh, and Alvin Kamara is the other one, obviously, back from the suspension. Two running backs here. I want to know, uh, I'll go to you first on this one, Steve. With these two running backs, uh, take them individually, but... Are you plugging them into your lineups this week, or are you going to see what happens with them first? Uh, I'm not plugging Akers in yet. Uh, I'll plug Kamara in, but I won't plug Akers in yet. I think Akers, though, I tweeted about this a while back. A while back. Uh, I think Akers could really see a career resurgence in Minnesota. Um, I think Akers is a plenty talented running back. I think something happened between him and McVay that, like, once that like trade request happened last year and he was kind of like, I'm, I'm done here, it just all went, it kind of all went belly up on him um alvin Kamara is still alvin Kamara to me i mean off the field whatever he does you know he can go beat up people all he wants for all i care in terms of fantasy football all it means is that he got him on a discount if you have him plug him in play him because it's not like the saints are looking all that great without him like no one stepped in and was alvin Kamara. like we saw the keandre miller hype we saw you know, Jamal Williams, like it, it, these guys are rotating in Tony Jones. It, it just isn't happening. They lined up Taysom Hill as a running back. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, they need Alvin Kamara to come back and be Alvin Kamara. And I think this offense is about to take a big step forward with Jameis Winston under center going forward. So until Derek Carr comes back and they inevitably stick him back in the game because they're paying him a lot of money <laughs> to do this. Um, but I, I thought it was a huge mistake. In the first place to go get Derek Carr, I think this offense right now, Kamara's going to benefit. He's going to put up big points, and then you can go trade him later and so, reap the reward. What about you, Derek? What are your thoughts on these two running backs here? Um, well, this is one of those that Alvin Kamara. It's it's very much a buyer. Very much a buyer beware. Um, is is kind of my stance on that one. This is one of those that we've seen a. The more workload he gets, the less valuable he tends to be for fantasy, right? This is two seasons in a row. He's coming off of not great return on that. You know, a guy that routinely was a five yard a carry type of guy has averaged 3.7, four yards a carry the last two seasons. He has a Taysom Hill in the red zone problem for fantasy as well, right? Taysom Hill, seven plus touchdowns last year. Like there's a reason Taysom Hill was a five, you know, top five tight end and managed to get, you know, no receiving work, yeah. right? Like he, he should have been scored as a running back. And that's really where, where those platforms need to move him to. Um, so that way we can get off of this. Taysom Hill's a great tight end. And <laughs> yeah. really he's running back 40 
on the season, yeah. right? Like that's anyway, I, that's a whole soapbox that I can get on, on my, my Taysom Hill side of things there. But Alvin Kamara, I think will return some value uh, for you. I don't see it this week. Not a guy that I'm, I'm going to actively be looking to play in DFS lineups, not a guy I'm actively looking to plug and play into my rosters, right? Like this is one of those that, and we've seen this where guys miss time. Um, you know, when you're suspended, you have to be away from the facility. You have to be away from, uh, that so while he was through training camp, he went through some of that. This is time that he still missed. He's about been away from the game for three weeks now. I've been away from facilities for three weeks. I mean, he's not going through practice, not taking some of those hits, not doing some of that. And we've seen what you know some of these guys like Josh Jacobs look like coming back when they miss a whole lot of time, and it takes a little bit of time to get in the football shape. So three, four weeks from now, sure, I, I'm I'm looking to probably play Alvin Kamara on that one, maybe even next week, but. This week, it's a, I want to wait and see, not a guy that I'm going to be putting in a flex or an RB1 or two spot for me. Wait and see, I think, is the approach there. Um, as far as Cam Akers go, this is one of those that we've at least seen him on the football field so far. He didn't look great uh, when we saw that. Uh, yeah, none of, and quite frankly, neither him nor Kyron Williams looked overly efficient. Tyron Williams happened to find the end zone that game to, to, put the points up for fantasy. But again, this is one of those that uh, I think Cam Akers through some of his, his passing work and where Minnesota is going. Um, he would be a guy, if I have to play one of those two guys, and that's my only option. I got to play a or B. I, I would play Cam Akers uh, this week. Um, I think Minnesota is going to, going to be moving the ball more and be putting up more points than what we'll see New, or- New Orleans do here. Uh, New Orleans, it's, yeah, this is one of those that I, I get the the sediment around Jamison William uh, or Jamison Winston um, because he's been you know he's been electric for fantasy. However, this is a guy that has routinely lost his starting job in New Orleans more than once. Uh, first, you know, lost to Andy Dalton, and then you know he's the, seemingly the guy, and then they they bring in uh, Derek Carr as well. So this is one of those that I. I think we're going to see a lot more downfield passes and I'm, I'm looking and I'm excited for what Olave is going to potentially do down the field on this one. But this is also one of those that, uh, that, that new Orleans defense is going to have to step up here a little bit more so than what we've maybe seen in the, in the previous weeks. And they've been pretty, pretty decent on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Agreed. So um, I'm going to piggyback on that Alvin Kamara take and, and Steve, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on the, on the Jameis Winston. I think Jameis Winston does help this offense in general. I think it helps Olave. I think it helps Michael Thomas. I think it hurts Alvin Kamara because Jameis Winston has always been known as a quarterback that does not check the ball down to his running backs. Going back to his Tampa Bay days, he never threw the ball to the running backs, and he didn't do it when he was in uh, the starter before New Orleans. So I think if Derek Carr was the starter, um, I think Alvin Kamara I would probably play. I think Derek Carr's check down king. He checked down a bunch to Josh, Josh Jacobs last year, has been known to a guy that can check down to the running back a lot. Jameis Winston's like quarterbacks get in panic mode and they'll check it down. <laughs> James Winston is, is throw it as deep as I can. <laughs> Just throw it up there. Whoever grabs it, grabs it. That's sort of his panic mode move, uh, which I think helps a lot of it because I think he wins some of those 50-50 balls. So Alvin Kamara scares me a little bit for this week. Obviously, you drafted him. Wherever you got him, discount you got him. You, you probably want to start him. You've probably been holding out waiting to start him, so you're probably going to play him anyway. Uh, and maybe he can find some room in, you know, in the running game. 
Cam Makers, I'm a little bit nervous about him. Uh, I do think if I had him, I'm probably starting him because you probably also drafted him thinking that he would be the lead back for the Rams. Uh, so I think maybe you're stuck with, unless you picked up one of these great, you know, free agent running backs where you got someone that you can leave him on the bench for a week. Uh, you're probably putting Cam Makers in this week, hoping that he can at least fall into the end zone. He probably splits 50-50 with, uh, with Madison uh, that first week. And who I, I'm imagining they're probably going to play the hot hand. Whoever has the hotter hand is going to get the more carry. So it could be Madison. Maybe it's Akers. We'll see how that goes. Uh, so both of them, I think you're almost forced to play. Uh, but if you had a better option, I think I would probably steer away from for this week alone. And then maybe week five, we'll think about putting them in. Speaking of those two quarterbacks, you mentioned Derek Carr and his, uh, his injury and AC joint sprain. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo also in concussion protocol. And we kind of talked about the Saints already, so let's go talk about Jimmy G a little bit. What does this do for this offense as far as fantasy goes if Jimmy G doesn't play? Uh, Derek, I'll go to you first here. What are your thoughts on guys like Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs if it's not Jimmy Garoppolo under center? I mean, at this point, uh, Devontae Adams is kind of quarterback proof, right? Like, yeah, we, we saw that where he looked really – he's just a target monster, right? And that's where seemingly if the – the Raiders are going to move the ball. It's 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 seemingly having to go through Devontae Adams. Josh Jacobs hasn't looked like Josh Jacobs this year. Um, so it's been rather disappointing there. So uh this is one of those that really Devontae Adams about the only Raiders player that I'd, I'd be looking to to play on this one. And part of that is too is you're almost kind of locked into Devontae Adams, you know, draft capital you spent on that, where he's yeah, where he's still performing at um, season long type of thing. Like, you know, this is you know, Devontae Adams, a top five wide receiver. Um, and, and you know, it was even getting it done with Jimmy G. And, and I know I was expecting to see Devontae Adams kind of take the step back without Derek Carr there, but it seemingly just doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Um, yeah, because I, I also expected a little bit of Devontae Adams to take a step back without Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. So this is one of those that he seems seemingly gets downgrades at quarterback all the all the way through and still manages to be a top five receiver. And I think the talent is just there, the separation he gets it, and he finds a way to get open so that it doesn't necessarily matter who's throwing him the ball. They'll find a way to to feature him and, and get him the ball and get him the touches he needs to perform for you for fantasy. Yeah, I, I think I agree there. Have they even said who the starter is behind Jimmy G? Is it is it Aiden O'Connell or is it what's the other one, Brian Hoyer? Do we know? Have they announced the starter if Jimmy G is out? I haven't heard. I haven't heard anything. Yeah. I haven't heard anything either. I, I, mean, I, I neither one of them are great like... options. <laughs> right. <laughs> Steve, what are your thoughts here with Jimmy Garoppolo in this offense? Uh, pretty inconsequential to Devontae Adams for sure. Uh, Josh Jacobs couldn't play any worse if he wanted to. It didn't matter if I was on a center. Josh Jacobs is just terrible right now. So um, I don't think that's going to really matter to him. Uh, I think the guy that's really going to get hurt in this whole thing is Jacoby Myers. Um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, for all his faults and all the things that he doesn't do well, he's pretty accurate. Uh, and he really likes to feature his guys, like the top receiving lot. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo will never win you a football game, but he won't lose you a football game. He'll deliver the play as drawn up, and that's a McDaniels thing. Josh McDaniels loves guys who just run the offense. Um, but... I mean, Devontae Adams really is matchup proof. He's quarterback proof. He's matchup proof. He's weather proof. He's fire proof. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter. He is bulletproof. Uh, he is one of the greatest receivers of all time. And it's time we start recognizing that it doesn't matter. We all downgrade him after he lost Aaron Rodgers. You're right. We did. And then we downgrade him after he lost Derek Carr. And then we we're going to downgrade him again. And people will inevitably do that. And 
he had was it Jared Stidham last year who he went yep. for one fifty and two touchdowns. Yep. It doesn't matter. And he had that year with uh when Aaron Rodgers went down with the I think it was a collarbone. I can't think of the quarterback that came in, but he was uh, Was it um Oh my God! Was it Kaiser? Yeah. Was it Deshaun Kaiser? It was. Yeah, it may have been Deshaun Kaiser. I, I remember he. I think he was. Or was like, it Brett Hundley? One of the two. One of those two. But he still had a good season that year, even without. He Aaron always Rodgers. does. Yeah, he so always does. Quarterback just, proof. He's, he's. He's him. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Let's get to some devil's advocate. Let's play devil's advocate. All right, Devil's Advocate, if you haven't uh, seen this segment that we've done before, we take guys that uh, we used to do it every week, but uh, we, we've only done this a couple times now. Look at a couple guys that had a hot start through the first three weeks that had a hot start, and we're going to play Devil's Advocate. Whether we believe that they're going to struggle from here on out or there's reason for them to struggle or not, uh, we're just going to kind of tear those guys down. And uh, I ask these guys to bring a couple of different players that we can talk about tonight. And uh, Derek, why don't you kick us off here? Give us one of your Devil's Advocate guys for tonight. Yeah, at this point, it's uh, Miami running backs, Miami Dolphins running backs, right? Like this is one of those that, again, right? You saw a historic performance. You've seen a lot of really, really good things out of them so far, right? Devon A. Chain with the coming out party here in week three. I get that he took some snaps here in week two, but really the debut happened in week three. But uh, Raheem Mostert's been looking like Raheem Mostert of old. Uh, But this is one of those that we will eventually see and I think what we're going to see is I think we're going to see this move to a three headed backfield when it's all said and done, right? Whether that's with Jeff Wilson Jr., whether that's with Savannah med, it, it doesn't really matter at that point, because I, I think the way that this offense wants to run is wants to run with three running backs and ultimately who kind of has the hot hand. And while you might see, you know, the group perform extremely well over the course of the game, it's going to be incredibly frustrating for fantasy managers out there from the standpoint that you know, you're you're realistically going to be relying on starting a running back in there that's going to get 10 at most maybe 15 opportunities a game and that's if they've got the hot hand type of thing so it's one of those that from a what we typically see out of the running back position volume is king on that one and these guys are going to inevitably just not get the volume that's needed for that one so that's that's one of those that I don't see that the them being able to sustain sustain this pace and sustain what they've been able to do. You know, the flip side of that again, right? Playing devil's advocate to the devil's advocate here. <laughs> but the flip side of that is that they're all one touch players that they can break open an 80 yard run on one and and really you know they can make something happen in one one opportunity per game and you have a decent showing there. But again, that's that's not necessarily something that I'm looking to start, you know, tried and true uh, for my fantasy roster week in, week out. You mean these guys won't score four touchdowns a game the rest of the season? <laughs> you know, I, I, they might. <laughs> that Miami offense is something else there. It but uh, I, I have a hard time believing that that's going to be a sustained pace. And we're going to see Raheem Mostert continue to put up 5.9 yards a carry. And we're going to see that. I, I think we're going to see these guys fall back. Uh, more towards what we've seen their historic averages be uh, or what the you know average for the position is. And I think we'll see these guys ultimately end up closer to the four to four and a half yards per carry and come down off of that five plus yards of carry. Nice. I like that one. Steve, what you got for your devil's advocate? Uh, yeah, well, I uh, just had mine st- one of mine stolen, uh, but um, <laughs> I have extras. 
Uh, I'm going to go with Karen Williams out in L.A. Uh, that guy, he's, honestly, his efficiency isn't good. Uh, and he's very touchdown dependent. He's kind of just benefited from the fact that he's fallen into the end zone on a couple one-yarders, and he's getting a lot of catches that are going to dissipate once Cooper Cup comes back. You know, there's only so many targets to go around a game, and with the uh, the rookie sensation, Puka, out there, uh, he's, you know, he's going to gobble up some. Cooper Cup's going to get his, obviously, right? Is 10 to 15 a game. Uh, and that's going to leave very little for Kieran Williams. And I wouldn't be surprised if, and put me down as saying this, when Jonathan Taylor gets traded, just wait when it's to the LA Rams. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so you, so Derek stole yours and then you stole mine because I had Kyron Williams as well on my list. <laughs> uh, surprisingly, he is currently RB5 in PPR League, which is insane to think about. Uh, and his schedule upcoming, too, in addition to what you just mentioned, his efficiency not being very good. He has the Colts. He has the Eagles. He has the surprisingly good Cardinals defense all of a sudden, the Steelers and the Cowboys, all defenses that you don't really want to have a running back against. So uh, t- tough sledding going to be ahead here uh, pretty soon for Kyron Williams. But since you stole that one, I'm going to go with another running back since we're going with all running back theme, it seems, through this first run. Uh, I'm going to go Jerome Ford at RB. He's RB11 currently. Um, I just, I, he only had, I think, 12 touches last week. He scored a touchdown, so it looks so much better than it actually is. He played against the Titans, who's got a really good defense. Uh, Kareem Hunt is there. He will be annoying. He probably won't take a ton of t- a usage from him, but he will get enough of it. He knows the offense. Uh, he'll just be enough to be annoying. And and I don't think, I, I love Jerome Ford when he was the, the secondary player, but as the primary player, uh, I just don't know if I can trust him week in and week out, especially with the upcoming schedule. He's got the Ravens and a bye week, then the 49ers, and then the Colts as well. So all tough matchups coming up here pretty soon. So Jerome Ford is is my devil's advocate. Let's go around one more time, Derek. You got another one you want to talk about? Sure. Um, yeah, we'll... we'll... I got another one. Uh, as far as Jerome Ford goes, like once you get to that that pass those like next three matchups, so it, it does open up does there get a little bit, bit easier. for him. Yeah. And I, as much as most folks are wanting to talk about, yeah, you know, the Kareem Hunt eating into it and all of that, I think we'll see again. Kareem Hunt's going to be a spell back, and we're going to see ten opportunities a week type of thing. So, uh, I I think you're right though. I think over the next three weeks he's going to be a a tough go of it, but uh, he's a guy that you know, potentially towards the back half might be maybe a look at my low after these three weeks. So, um, as far as kind of my next one out there, as far as the devil advocate go, right? Like we touched on this Rams offense earlier. We're going to go back to the Rams offense (laughs) and that's the darling sensation of Puka Nakua out there. Right? Like as, as much as I, I want to buy into the hype on this one and buy into the breakfast club, you know, team type of thing. Um, you know, which by the way, the beat reporter for the Rams out there, like, how do you miss, how do you miss getting that out there that Puka Nakua started showing up to the Cooper cup, Matthew Stafford breakfast club uh, deal, right? Like anyway, uh, this is one of those that I do believe that the Bengals have kind of unlocked the, the secret to slowing down Puka Nakua, right? Like you got to get up, you got to jam them at the line, not allow them to get up and get the separation and, and run kind of clean routes that we saw him be able to do in weeks one and two. Um, you know, weeks three got a little bit, a uh, little bit hairy. And if you were starting him um, in week three there, really until you got that long pass towards the uh, at the end of the game there that kind of set up that field goal and all that like until you got that you were hurting for your fantasy matchup there um, because you know, this was a guy that you probably started over uh, a lot of other 
you know, wide receiving options. And until that one play happened, you were, you know, you were in kind of dire straits there. So kind of saved that day and saved a, the performance there with that one. This is one that you one, I think we may have seen that figured out a little bit too. Uh, I, I do think we see Cooper cup come back there. And this is one of those that with Cooper cup back there, I don't, I don't see a world in which we see Puka Nakua getting 15 to 20 targets a week. This is one of those that we probably see him getting targeted far more like what we just saw got done seeing um, in this Ram game where, you know, we're going to see him get a lot more in the like six, six. seven, eight type of targets um, on that one. And so not going to be surprising to see him put up a stat line at the end of the day, five for 70, five for 70 and maybe a touchdown. And we're going to see a lot of, you know, middling um, performance on this one. Wide receiver two to wide receiver three over the back half. Yeah, I like that one a lot. And I actually um, was sort of buying into that uh, whole uh, narrative there. And I traded him in my dynasty league for a first round pick. So I'm, I'm happy. Uh, I think he'll be a, a good player going forward. I don't think he's going to fall off the map by any means. But the player that we saw in those first two weeks is, is not the player that he is. If you look at his, his, his athletic profile, uh, he's not very fast. He's not very athletic. He's not very shifty. He just happened to get 15 targets a game, which, you know, I think I could probably catch, you know, six, seven passes and he kept throwing the ball to me. Um, so I think he's a good player. I think he'd be solid, you know, PPR guy. Uh, he has yet to score a touchdown yet. So I mean, that's another thing you got to look at too. Is he going to eventually find the end zone? So uh, I, I think I agree with you on all those yeah, points there. Kendrick Bourne of the Rams. Type <laughs> exactly. Of deal, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Steve, you got another one you want to talk about? Yeah. Um, and. This, this we'll, we're going to wind up coming back to this guy uh, in a minute here. But, uh, yeah, Brian Robinson Jr. Um, out in Washington. Um, again, it's I, I hate to be like this guy, but, like, this dude's not good. Uh, like, I hate to, like, rob everyone of, like, the feel-good story of him. But, like, and this might be, like, the hottest take going. But if that man didn't get shot in the leg, he wouldn't be starting. Like, that's the bottom line. Like, he's starting because it was a good story. Uh, it was a good PR for a team that needed good PR. And it, it, he's uh, he's a sub four yards a carry guy. He's not a good receiver. He's not a good runner. He doesn't break a ton of tackles. He doesn't break away speed. What is he? What is he? You know who he is? He's a worse David Montgomery. Like, that's what he <laughs> is. He's not good. It's a good like, thing that Ryan's not on this podcast because Ryan was loving Brian Robinson all offseason. So. <laughs> he's not a good player. He's just not a good player. And he never was a good player. Like, And that's the problem. Like, Now, listen, when I say he's not a good player, I want to put this out there right now. I am not saying he's not a good player comparatively to the average human being. But in the NFL, because I get... I get more crap for this. People are like, so you think what you could do better? No, I don't think I could do better than him. He's <laughs> infinitely more athletic than I will ever be. However, in terms of the NFL, he's not good. You could plug Ezekiel Elliott in the corpse of Zeke and get the same production. He's not good. <laughs> I love it. All right. Good stuff. All right. So y'all took all the ones I had left. So we're going to go ahead and just jump right into the next segment here. Prop bet of the week. All right, so we're going to pull up our underdog uh, prop bets here. Hold on one second. Let me get the screen share up. Um, all right, again, guys, if you missed, missed the first part of the show, for a limited time right now, through October 4th, uh, they are matching up to $500 with our promo code GF2. Uh, so if you have been on the fence about joining, that now's the time to do it. 500 bucks is a big chunk of money. All right, uh, Derek, why don't you kick, kick us off here? Who are you going with for your, your first leg in this uh, in this pick them 
First leg, we're going to find out early on how we're going to do on this one. So we're going to take the Thursday night game here. And the uh, the kind of the darling at the tight end position, guy coming out of nowhere, uh, seemingly, at least for me, when it uh, started off the season. Um, actually, I like yours a whole lot better here. But I've been looking at the fantasy point production on this one. Uh, I think that this is a much more kind of grinded out, grimy type of game than what we might be uh you know, used to seeing here um, what, you know, in this kind of matchup between the Packers and the Lions. So I'm going to take Sam Laporta to go lower than his 8.95 fantasy Ooh, points. Spicy, spicy. I think this is one of those we see him get, uh, call it five receptions for 47 yards. Nice. And it is half point PPR and underdog. So that does affect it. Because um, funny because he was the he was my first uh, pick this this year in week one. And I took him lower on, I think it was three and a half receptions, thinking rookies tight end. The hype is all there. Of course, he goes out and has like, I don't know, six or seven catches. So it ended up killing me. But uh, yeah, great, great pick for sure. All right, Steve, what you got for yours here? We're also going to get mine out of the way early. And uh, we're going to go back to that Lions-Packers game. And we're going to go to uh, the sun god himself, uh, Amon Ra. But I am a bit more optimistic. I like to think of myself as an optimist in this world. And I think Amon Ra is going to go over the six and a half receptions. Uh, I think in a Thursday night game, you simplify the offense. And when you simplify the offense, that means you run it through your stars. And Amon Ra St. Brown is surely a star. So he will go. I'm looking at double digit receptions. Nice. For Amon Ra, nice. Brown. So over to six and a half. I like it. And I love Amon Ra St. Brown. So we got two Thursday night players. Uh, all right. Let me uh, uh, let's see. I got to pick another team because we already got two from Detroit. So I had I already had Kenneth Walker queued up here. So I'm going with Kenneth Walker, who plays on the Monday night game. So we got to wait for the literally the entire weekend to find out if we hit or not. Uh, Kenneth Walker, I'm going higher than his 64 and a half rushing yards. Kenneth Walker has been a guy that I've been pumping up all offseason. Uh, I was not buying the the Charbonnet takes 50% of the workload. I thought it was Kenneth Walker's job to lose, and he has done nothing but uh, continue to keep that job. Uh, I think against the Giants on on Monday night, he will put up an over 100 yards. So 64 and a half seems like way, way too low of a number. So uh, give me Kenneth Walker over 65 and a half. Uh, just to recap what we got, we got Sam Laporta going lower than 8.95 fantasy points. We have Amon Ross St. Brown going uh, higher at six and a half receptions. And Kenneth Walker on Monday night going higher than 64 and a half rushing yards. Let me drop my $5 on that and then confirm my location. And we should be good to go here. Make sure it goes through this time. Last week it didn't go through. I had to click it two times. Um, all right, it's giving me the error message. So we're gonna do that after the show. I'll 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 make sure to lock it in after the show. It's telling you my location's not being able to be found. So I'm gonna leave that on screen. All right, fellas, uh, let's get to some listener questions here. We got quite a few. I want to get to the one that was in the chat earlier. I don't know if Roger's still uh, still tuned in here. Let me bring it up on screen. It's a big one. He says uh, he wants to trade for Jamar Chase. How does this offer look? He's got uh, Jamar Chase and Sam Laporta for Calvin Ridley, Devon A-Chain, and then Miles Sanders or Rashad White. Uh, What do you think of that trade there, Derek? Chase Laporta for Ridley, A-Chain, and then Sanders or Rashad White. 
Yeah, if I'm looking at that, I'm I'm definitely wanting the Chase and Laporta side of it. Um, and if I'm the Chase and Laporta manager, I don't know that you've got enough that you're bringing to the table for me to for me to rock and roll, right? Like, uh, if I'm trying to make the chase make the trade for Chase, right? Obviously, I'm going to put the Rashad White over Miles Sanders um, deal there. But this is one of those that, you know, even if you go Miles Sanders, Devon A. Chain, Calvin Ridley, like. I don't know that you've got enough to to make that move and make that uh, make the Jamar Chase owner or your know, manager come off of that one. So, um, yeah, it's that's tough. I, I you were gonna have to probably uh, bump up some players there to to make that one happen. I throw it out there as an opening opening deal there, but don't be surprised if it's a uh, the, you don't necessarily even get a response back yeah, on that immediate one. counter. I believe, Steve, are you in the same mindset there? I saw you shaking your head. Yeah, um, honestly, and I, I don't know how experienced of a player this is, but if you've been playing fantasy for a while, bro, you know you've lowballed this guy. <laughs> um, you're hoping to catch him off guard. You're hoping to catch him nap. And if I'm the manager that has Chase and Laporta, I may not even offer. I may not even trade with you the rest of the season if you send this out to me because you're, you're just you're assume, you're trying to catch me napping. Uh, Calvin Ridley had one good half of football. Uh, Devon A-Chain, yeah, popped off, but what are we going to get? I mean, the Broncos basically just stopped playing football last week, and then you're offering him two guys who don't look good for the second-best wide receiver in football and the number two tight end right now, I think, in fantasy football. You you know what you're doing. You understand. Uh, you got to put stars in. You want stars, trade stars. And that's the only way to do it. And that's just where I'd come from on this trade. Yeah, I think I agree. I think Chase and Laporta are both, you know, surefire starters at this point. Laporta probably wasn't drafted to be a starter, but he could be a starter now if you want him to be. Uh, Ridley is probably a starter, but you probably weren't loving the last couple of weeks here. A-Chain is coming off the biggest game probably of his career that he'll ever have. I don't know if he'll ever top that in his career. Um, so you're trying to sell high on him, but then Miles Sanders and Rashad White have done nothing really to impress me. So I do think you got to up this offer a little bit. Uh, if you want to get Chase, you got to come strong, and I don't think this offer is strong enough to do that. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to some of them that we had in the Discord here. We got uh, David Billions. Uh, he wants to know, Steve. I'll go to you first on this one. Would you trade Geno Smith or Daniel Jones for Justin Fields? Uh, his schedule gets much easier from here. And it is a super flex league. I did ask this question. So Geno Smith or Daniel Jones, uh, basically middling quarterbacks for Justin Fields, who's played terrible, but has a tremendous upside. What are your thoughts here? Uh, yeah, I'm trading for him. Um, I'm a Justin Fields believer. Uh, I think Justin Fields is going to outlast. Uh, what is, what's his face there? Eberflus. Um, I think we're going to see a coaching change soon. It, it can't keep going like this in Chicago. It's pretty abysmal. Uh, the players are turning on him. He's losing the locker room. And once you lose the locker room, your job isn't very secure anymore. And so I think I would. there are not too many quarterbacks uh, right now in redraft that I would still want over Justin Fields the rest of season. Uh, because we saw this last year. He started out terrible. He started out awful. I think it took five or six weeks. And then the coaching staff figured it out, and they started running him, and he was the QB1. Yeah. yeah. That is what's going to happen. And week you, six. If you can get him, go get him. Mm-hmm. If you have him, hold him. Yeah, I think he was, it was week six last year where he took off and just said, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to run the ball every time. So, yeah, yeah, I, I like it. 
Uh, I got one here for you, Derek, from uh, Kyle Cree in the Discord. Um, he wants to know, he's trying to get JJ, Justin Jefferson, and he wants to send Bijan Robinson and a first-round pick. Uh, is that enough to get Justin Jefferson, you think, right now? I'm assuming that this is dynasty at that point. Yes. Um, and at that point, no, you, you'd better just keep bringing the Brinks truck backing it up, backing <laughs> it up, and backing it up. Uh, that's a multiple first and a Bijan type of thing on that one. Like, you you, you got to kind of value that to the point where, yes, Bijan's there, but Justin Jefferson will likely still be in the league when Bijan is fighting to get that second contract. And, you know, like we've seen with all these other running backs that when they get to year four, year five type of thing. And uh, Justin Jefferson will still be, you know, potentially elite. in kind of that, yeah, elite on potentially going towards that end of the, uh, the elite to just really, really good wide receiver type of deal there. So no, that's going to take multiple first. It's going to take a Bijan and, uh, and type of thing. So if I'm, you know, the Justin Jefferson manager, it's uh, probably at least a first or two in the 2020, uh, you know, in this upcoming draft, Bijan and at least the first, probably in the year after on that one. And the first have got to be top five type of picks. Uh, at least one of those has got to be a top five pick in this upcoming uh, draft class. Yeah, I agree. I think JJ is at least a three first round guy, if not more. So B. John counts as one first. You got the other first already in there. You got to give at least one more first in there. And it has to be one that's projected to be fairly high. So if you're a contender and you're thinking you might win the championship, that first is not going to be good enough for me. Uh, I think I agree with you on that one. Steve, this one's from uh, Baby Jesus on Discord. He wants to know, uh, trade A-Chain for Kirk Cousins. This is also a super flex league. Uh, Fields is his current quarterback. His running backs are Jacobs, Swift, Kamara, and Mostert. So would you train A-Chain for Kirk Cousins? Dear Baby Jesus, yes, I would. Um, I would 100% trade A-Chain for If you can pull that off in a super flex, listen, you do not keep a committee running back over a starting a, quarterback. I think he's the number one quarterback number one right now is. in fantasy football. So that's smash except if you have that opportunity sitting in your inbox, that's somebody who's buying way too high on Devon. Um, and yeah, I mean, Kirk cousins, whether he gets traded from Minnesota or not, he's going to throw the ball. Um, and his likely landing spot is New York. So he's going to trade Justin Jefferson for Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. So like at worst, that's what you're looking at. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Um, smash accept. Agreed. Yeah. I'm with you hundred percent. Trade a guy that you just picked up off the waiver wire for, <laughs> exactly. for like, the number one QB. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Kirk Cousins yeah. only on pace for 6,000 yards. And <laughs> yeah, 6,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. Yeah, yep. I mean, this yeah. is this is video game numbers. It's, it's crazy exactly. the, the hate that Kirk Cousins gets. There was a stat that I saw on Twitter that someone put out that 113 quarterbacks have been drafted since Kirk Cousins got drafted, and none of them have won Super Bowls. All of them since he's been drafted were drafted before Kirk Cousins. So 113 quarterbacks, and they've all missed on quarterbacks. That just tells you how important quarterbacks are. Wait, didn't Patrick Mahomes get drafted? I was going to say, didn't I'm Mahomes sorry. Yeah, drafted. you're right. Mahomes is the only one. I'm sorry. Yeah, there was only one quarterback. It was Mahomes. I was going to say, there's yeah. no way yeah. Patrick Mahomes is older than Kirk yeah. Cousins. If he is, I've yeah, fallen through you're a right. black hole. I'm sorry. He said the only quarterback that has was Patrick Mahomes. Because, yeah, it was like, uh, obviously, Tom Brady was in that mix. Uh, I think Nick Foles was in there. Those are all quarterbacks taken before uh, before him. That's an interesting stat. It is. When you think about some of the quarterbacks that we've had that we think are so great, and none of them have championships under their name, like, you know, the Burroughs and the Jalen Hurts and all these great quarterbacks that we've had since. And well, They've been yeah. there, though. 
a lot of those though have been beaten know, by Patrick Mahomes. Cousins. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, not only that, but a lot of those that have been drafted since were you know beaten by Tom Brady and, and his route to all of those Super Bowl titles. Yeah, so. true. All right, uh, another one for you here, Steve. Um, let me get uh, your idea on Josh Jacobs or Derrick Henry rest of season in PPR. Josh Jacobs. No, no question. Derrick Henry's, it's, it's the done. wheels are coming off. Yep. It's done. We're, we're, listen, Derrick Henry is a very good player. He's still a good running back. He's a good running back, but he's not Derrick Henry anymore. That offense is terrible. Ryan Tannehill looks like garbage. And Will Levis must look like real trash in practice if they haven't stuck him in that game yet. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, I think, threw for under 100 yards. Do you know how hard you have to work in the NFL <laughs> to throw for under 100 yards in a game? You almost have to try. Yeah. Like, you almost have to try to do that. Like, that's, a, that's amazing. That's an amazing stat. I just got to talk about this for a second because it's actually infuriating. <laughs> that man threw for under 100 yards in an NFL game where men are averaging 350. I mean, the Dolphins put up 70 points. And Ryan Tannehill could not put up over 100 yards. Yeah, that's That's pretty. amazing. That is amazing. Mike Vrabel has ridden Derrick Henry to death. His offense has never been good. It's and now the wheels Henry. are coming off. Yep. Yeah, I'm with Josh you. Josh Jacobs. Jacobs offers that uh, little bit of PPR upside too, which Derrick Henry 100%. does not offer. So 100%. Love it. Also, also the past two weeks, Tajay, Tajay Spears has outsnapped him. Derrick yep. Henry. Yep. Because they see it too. Like, that's the reality is that they, are, they were ahead of us on that for sure. It's not a coincidence this guy's out snapping Derrick Henry. If Derrick Henry was still Derrick Henry, he'd be out there for 85% of snaps. All right, uh, Derrick, I got one from Ken. Uh, full PPR. I guess this is the sit-start question here. Uh, Chris Godwin or Tutu Atwell, who has surprised the hell out of me with his usage and, and the way he's playing. But uh, So Godwin or Tutu, who you got here? It's Godwin, and maybe that part of that is just the fact that it's uh... – you know, name power there. I'm just not a believer in Tutu Atwell. Um, so I'm, you, you'd have to, you could throw a lot of names out there that I would say over Tutu when it, when it comes to starting on that one. Yeah. So um, just not a believer in that one. Tutu is, is a, a great DFS play right now because he's still cheap and he's going to get those big games. But uh, in season-long fantasy right now, I'm still not trusting it. Uh, that offense didn't look very good last night or Monday night, uh, so yeah, I'm not trusting Tutu either. Give me, give me Godwin. Right. All right, Steve, this one's from Bunny on the Discord. Full PPR, and this is kind of crazy to me. This is kind of to show you how far Devin Chain has come in this one. But uh, full PPR, Ramondre <laughs> Stevenson. Uh, or Devin A. Chain, which one you got here? All right, so you know what? <laughs> Bear with me here. Bear with me. This is not a bad question because Ramondre Stevenson isn't very good either. Um, Ramondre Stevenson is has an efficiency problem. Now Devin A. Chain has the opposite of an efficiency problem. He's an elite efficient runner, and Mike McDaniel is slow—not even slowly. He's quickly becoming the second best offensive coach in the NFL. There's Andy Reid, there's Mike McDaniel, and there's everybody else. And when Andy Reid hangs it up, it will be Mike McDaniel's league to torment for the next 30 to 40 years. And that's just the way it's going to go. So I can understand why you'd want to go with A-Chain here. Uh, but Stevenson is the guy in New England. He catches a lot of passes. He's the goal line back. Stick with Stevenson. I know it's been ugly. The Patriots offense is abysmal 
right now, but it will get better. It will get better. You just need to ride it out. Just stick with Stevenson for now. But if you have a better option than both of them, do that. Like that's that's the I package them both up and move them for someone better. <laughs> Does the uh, Zeke uh, and Dallas revenge game narrative play into play into that or give any concern there? So this is going to go like one of two ways. So I'm actually from New England, I'm from Boston. Uh, so I, I live uh, just outside of Boston. So I'm I'm very in touch with my uh, Patriots. Not that I'm a fan. I will say this right now. I am a fan of no team. I do not root for teams. I root for my fantasy team, and that's it. But Bill Belichick is going to do one of two things. And this is how Bill Belichick is. He's either going to feature Zeke in a way that is just so obvious that he wants to stick it to Dallas for letting him go, or he will not play a snap. And I don't understand why, but it's going to go one <laughs> of two ways. because That's how Bill Belichick is. He's just a total a-hole. And that's like his shtick. So he'll be like the mad genius. Like you will see, yeah, I bet you'll see Zeke line up at like wide out, tight end, slot. It's going to be center. He'll definitely run him out there at center at some point in the game too. And like you joke about that, but that's, that's a Belichick move. Like he's definitely built this in for like three years, just in case like Zeke ever became a free agent and he signed him. He's like, I'll use that down the road. And uh, like <laughs> just has it. So, and I, I love yes. how you did the impression there as well. You had to even get your Bill Belichick voice on. Yeah, like it's, a, it's just, that's his thing, right? He's always just like, like, we are run the ball better. We got to the ball better. Our three levels of defense and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just, that's Bill Belichick. So he's a total, he's a prick. And that's his thing. And so, yeah, put Zeke in your starting lineup if you have him, too. Love it. It'll be fun. All right. Uh, so you guys are probably wondering why I skipped over a segment, went straight to listener questions. My iPad actually died, which is where I have all my drops. And the, the drop for Bleep You Wednesday is just too good to not play. So my iPad is now back up. So we're going to circle back here and do Bleep You Wednesday. Hey, you know what? Fuck you. All right. So we're going to go do Bleep You Wednesday. These are guys that we were uh, pumping up in the offseason that we thought were going to be really good. And through the first three weeks have not uh, lived up to our expectations. And uh, Derek, why don't you give us one of your guys? Calvin Ridley. Like Calvin Ridley came out, looked amazing through for, through two quarters. Right. It's unbelievable. Through two quarters, 90 plus yards like. Oh my gosh, Calvin Ridley didn't miss a beat. Yeah, he hasn't. We haven't seen him in a year and a half, but oh my gosh, this is a, uh, yeah, dead miss a beat. This is still an elite wide receiver. Oh my gosh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be taking that ascension step, third year, you know, QB progression. And then the next 10 quarters happen. <laughs> and we have yet to see Calvin Ridley eclipse yardage wise what we saw him do through the first two quarters over the last 10 quarters. Yeah, that's frustrating, it. highly he, frustrating. He frustrated the hell of me because I had him in my DFS lineups and I had a lot of him and Trevor Lawrence and they mm -hmm. they killed me because I'm like, oh, my God, give me like a, a little bit of something, please. And of course, nothing ever happened. So, yeah, I'm with you. Me and Ryan were not on Calvin Ridley. We were kind of on the Christian Kirk thing, which has kind of come to fruition over the last two weeks. So we're looking a little bit smarter now than we were after week one. But uh, I, I agree there. Calvin Ridley was one that people were really high on. I got into an argument with one of my buddies draft weekend because he said that Trevor Lawrence was better than Joe Burrow. And it's so satisfying that like it's not happening. <laughs> it's not even close. Uh, Joe Burrow's on one leg and it's still better than Trevor Lawrence on two. So. All right. What you got for your bleep you Wednesday, Steve? Uh, I'm not even bleeping it out. Fuck Ron Rivera, like straight up. <laughs> like because like 
Honestly, he's ruined Antonio Gibson. Now, anyone who follows me on Twitter, I am the president, CEO, and team mom of the Antonio Gibson fan club. Like, I am all in on Antonio Gibson. I love Antonio Gibson. If I could interview any player in the NFL, it would be Antonio Gibson. And Ron Rivera is the bane of my existence (laughs) in terms of fantasy football. Number one, I'm just going to say this right now. Ron Rivera, and I've tweeted this, and I have it on the record, and I tell Ron Rivera to his face. That man rode Cam Newton to an entire career. He had one good season. That man is Jeff Fisher 2.0. Antonio Gibson should have been an elite running back in this league. He had everything going that way. And then Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera starts guys who, like, he is the quintessential coach of, like, the, oh, he's a grinded out, like, tough guy. Like, I like like the, like, he's a worker. Three yards in a cloud of dust. Yeah, three yards on cloud of dust. Like, that's great, Ron, but your team suck because, like, you don't get the ball to your playmakers. Like, why is Terry McLaurin not leading the league in targets? You're going to tell me that Logan Thomas should be, like, your team leader in targets? Why? Why? Why are you not throwing to the former wide receiver that you have playing running back? Ron, like, bruh. <laughs> and help that- me help you. I, like... I- I'm 100% with you because I, I live here in the Washington, D.C. area, and people have this misconception that Antonio Gibson's a small guy because he catches passes. He is not a small guy. He's huge. He's huge. <laughs> he is a running back by all means, and he like, should be getting the ball a lot more than he is. Like, the man fumbles. I get that. I know that aggravates him. It aggravates me. I'm telling you right now, put me in the headset for a game, and I would run a better offense than Ron Rivera. That man runs the worst offense in the NFL Every week besides Matt Eberflus. Like, it is unbelievable. Do you know that right now, Sam Howell is on track to be sacked 107 times? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's not look good. That's for sure. That is for sure. (laughs) All right. So my bleep you for this week is going out to one Mr. Najee Harris. I was all over Najee Harris. I was, like, talking about how his second half of the season last year, he was the RB6. I thought his injury was finally healed. He was going to come out and look really good in the first couple of weeks. He was going to get the volume because we know Mike Tomlin is a guy who likes to have one running back back there. And man, he is averaging less than four yards per carry. And through three weeks, he only has six more targets than the three of us do right now added together. Uh, Through three weeks, six targets. That's, That's not going to cut it as a running back where I drafted Najee Harris. Uh, Jalen Warren is becoming a thing. I didn't think it would be. I thought he was a sort of a uh, third down back, a gadget guy. He's becoming more and more of a thing each week. And soon I think you'll be starting Jalen Warren over Najee Harris. If he does not, you know, have a breakout game here soon. He is currently RB 48, which is insane for a guy that I thought was gonna get a ton of volume in an offense that should have been good. And they haven't been through the first three weeks. Let's go back around one more time and give us one more guy here. Derek, what you got? T Higgins. Yes. You talk about a guy that's getting 20, almost 25% of the target share, 28 targets here through three weeks, has 10 catches and just, yeah, has not looked uh, very good. in some of those like, you know, got to some of those, maybe a little bit of a, uh, a problem with the, uh, the ball getting placed in the right spot. Part of that is, is he's got a case of the dropsies on, on some of that. Um, you know, but yeah, so T. Higgins through the through the first couple of weeks here when we're looking at it, and the guy that should be well inside wide receiver two territory is not even inside ty- uh, wide receiver three territory at this point. And I don't know what the formula is to get him back on track, 
But uh, very much looks like Joe Burrow is just going to try and feed Jamar Chase and then feed Jamar Chase. And then the recipe is we'll give the ball to Joe Mixon a little bit and feed Jamar Chase some more. So (laughs) this is a little bit of a tough sled there. Yeah, that's that's tough. And I I love T. Higgins. And I I was a little worried about him because they had him as a top 12 receiver. Uh, Him and uh, Chase both in the top 12. I was a little bit worried about that coming into the season. But I still thought T. Higgins would be a high end wide receiver, too. And so far, he has not looked the part. So uh, great one. T. Higgins and uh, Antonio Gibson doing their best uh, Clifford Franklin impressions from the replacements. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Good stuff. 100%. Great reference, though. Steve, Fantastic. what you got for yours? Another another guy who's being just killed by coaching, and we talked about him earlier, Justin Fields. I mean, I, I have never, ever in my life seen a quarterback get so destroyed by a coaching staff. Like, this is unbelievable. The ineptitude in Chicago right now it's we've never seen anything like it. And you can point to Nathaniel Hackett last year. This is nothing like what he did last year in Denver is nothing compared to what is going on in Chicago right now. They cannot move the ball at all. And then his defense is ranked 32nd in like every other category. So you brought in a defensive minded guy and your defense sucks. (laughs) And then your offense sucks. And you traded a bunch of shit for DJ Moore, who you don't throw to. And then you designed one quarterback run for the best running quarterback in the NFL. That's amazing. That's truly amazing at how absolutely unaware Matt Eberflus is as a coach. He has no idea what he's doing. He cannot call a game. His offensive coordinator cannot call a game. When I fire him, if I was the owner and GM, and I would fire the GM just for even thinking of hiring that guy, <laughs> I'd bring in a whole new coaching staff. I would bring in a whole new coaching staff because it can't get worse. It can't. It can't possibly get worse. You are already the worst-ranked offense and the worst-ranked defense. There are only 32 teams. So you can only beat 32. <laughs> They're going to look really good after this week, though, because they get to play the Broncos, who uh, Khalil Herbert and Rashawn Johnson, Roshan Johnson, put them in your starting lineup. Four touchdowns each. <laughs> yeah. What, this is two weeks in a row. Denver Broncos have given up RB1 on the week. First, it was Brian Robinson. Then it was Devon A. Chain. And Raheem Mostert was running back, too. Yeah. Wait, till um, they th- wait till they throw it 50 times, though. Like, that's right. what I'm saying. This guy can't <laughs> yes. feel a game for shit. I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, this guy is the worst coach I've ever seen in my life in any sport, in anything. And I'm counting Little League. I mean, this is unbelievable. Like, I mean, this is – this guy is really – I mean, I cannot stress enough – how unfit this man is to coach the game of football. At, at least the Bears fans, though, aren't having to sit there and count down the play clock to make sure that they don't take delay of game penalties. It on would be better basis. off. They almost would be better off. I can tell you the Broncos fan, it's not. <laughs> they would almost be better off just kneeling the ball than running the plays he's running. Yeah. You watch the games, and like there's like three receivers that end up in the same spot. And you just brutal. sit there, and you're like, just feels isn't reading the field fast enough what is he supposed to do? I, I would just spike it if I were him every time. I'd snap back and be like, nope. <laughs> Not doing it. I'd just say to DJ Moore, run as fast as you can in that direction and throw it as far as I can and see if he'll catch it. Speaking of DJ Moore, he is my other bleep you that I have is DJ Moore. And it's not even his fault. But, uh, you know, coming in, I'm like, oh, 
Justin Fields is probably the best quarterback he's ever had. You know, I think he's going to he's quarterback proof, as we like to say a lot of times. You know, he's had some good, good career, uh, career numbers with some bad quarterbacks. I thought this would be the year that he'd come out and be a, you know, borderline top 12 receiver. He's currently sitting at wide receiver 48. Uh, again, not entirely his fault. That offense is just so dysfunctional that even DJ Moore can't do anything about it. Uh, I do hope he gets it turned around. I think he probably will. But uh, right now, DJ Moore is my other bleep you for Wednesday. Imagine trading the number one pick for a decoy. That's something. That's that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. And they also got what an offensive lineman out of it. Oh yeah, yeah. That's not that's doing any good. <laughs> it's, yeah. All right, fellas, that wraps the podcast up. Uh, we'll go around the room real quick. Uh, plug your Twitter handle one more time. Anything that you might uh, you might want to plug. We'll go to you first, Steve. Yeah, uh, first off, thank you so, so, so much for having me on here. Uh, I always have a great time uh, talking fancy, talking shit, and uh, laying out my takes. Um, follow me at Steve underscore Lawson 93. Uh, when you come to my page, if you haven't been there before, listen, it's about fantasy football, but it's also about life. It's about love. It's about um, acceptance and unity in this world. Uh, we don't get many opportunities um, at this life. We get one shot, and so I think it's really important that we – come together and we build this world uh, better for our fellow man. So uh, be good, be good to each other. And uh, I hope everyone watching has a great night and great, great week and month. Great message. Derek, what you got, man? Well, you guys are, are putting me on the uh, the spot here, having to you know <laughs> go behind some really good takes <laughs> yeah. and some really good. So uh, you know, nothing is as impactful as, as what Steve just said there, but you can find the, you know, the good old boys, uh, stuff on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok at good old boys, FF. Um, and the majority of our content comes out on the YouTube channel over there. Good old boys, FF there as well. Uh, we go live on, on Tuesday nights. We go live on Friday nights and have a lot of fun. And Jeff, as always, it's always a, a great time getting to hang out with you and the going for two, uh, crew here and, uh, you know, talking to fantasy football and Steve it was a, it was a pleasure getting to, to chat with you as well. Absolutely, man. Thank you. You too. Awesome. Yeah, guys, I want to thank both of you for coming on. Uh, I think great show. Uh, I think y'all filled in for, for Ryan, uh, more than adequately. I think y'all, uh, maybe I won't bring Ryan back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I appreciate you both coming on. Uh, great talking to y'all tonight. Uh, as always, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Lambert 77. If you have not checked out the discord for going for two, it is always popping in there. Uh, you can just find that in my Twitter profile. Uh, the discord link is there or you can go to going for and find it there. And again, I cannot stress it enough, guys. Uh, use that promo code GF2 for underdog fantasy for that limited time offer up to $500. I mean, think about that. You put in 500 bucks and you're going to have a thousand dollars to play with. Uh, it's pretty awesome uh, uh, pr promo right now, so take advantage of that. Again, the promo code is GF2. For Steve, for Derek, I'm Jeff. We will see you all next week. <laughs>